happy Sunday. Um, I'm, man, there's so many really good things happening. Chris, thank you so much for being gracious when I send my slides at 1 a.m. <laughs> for church that same day. And um, Grace is going off, which is, um, I used to be able to hold her. And now she's taller than me and works out. So she can hold me now. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this is really part of what um, my sermon is today is um, that there are some things that bring us together as a community and we get to celebrate these amazing special moments. Um, but before we get into that, good morning. Um, I'm Natalie Hahn and today I'd like you to travel back in time with me to the fall of 2004. Okay, so that's me on the end. Um, it was the era of puka shell necklaces, popped collars, and my freshman year of college. And I was attending Eastern University. Um, and if you were an Eastern student, that usually meant attending church on Sunday um, at some kind of local church. It was very much encouraged. Um, so this is the beginning of freshman year. My newly formed group of friends and I managed to acquire the most important person you could ever have in your friend group, and that's someone with a car on campus. Um, so yes, if you were that person, you are a blessing. So we made our way to one of the most buzzed about local churches off campus. We crammed way too many people into my friend's 1995 red Toyota Corolla named Marianne, and we began our journey. So um, when we walked into that church that Sunday, I was shocked by a couple of things. One is that we arrived on time, and I'm not saying like I was late usually, but this was different because I wasn't there hours early. Um, I didn't know every single person in that church building, nor did they know me, and all the chairs were already set up. And it was so weird, and it felt really weird. And um, that feeling that I had is connected to what we've been learning about in our current sermon series called Naturally Supernatural. And the title of today's message is The Gift of Service. But before we dive in, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for a space where we can gather together um, as members of your body, worshiping alongside one another, serving each other, and worshiping and glorifying your name. We pray that you would just prepare our hearts to receive today's message, that it would feel like an invitation and not a chore and that you would be glorified in all things. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Okay, so in the three colors of ministry, Christian Short summarizes the gift of service really nicely in this way. The gift of service enables believers to recognize where their participation is needed and to make sure that the most urgent jobs get done. So as many of you know, um, I grew up as a pastor's kid. I didn't talk about my parents like every sermon, but they're super important and they're watching. Um, and so for me, that meant that Sunday was the busiest time of week. And there were many, many jobs to get done. And so the types of churches that my dad pastored really varied over the years. Um, we started out renting basements, random basements in Queens, New York. Um, we would drive hours each way to do services and fellowship halls in Allentown, Pennsylvania, though we lived in North Jersey. 
Um, we would partner with local Presbyterian and other vineyard churches to share their space, and, and there was just so many other places we would serve and worship. But even though the venues may have changed over the years, the workforce, ironically, was the same. Um, it was my parents, my siblings, and my other relatives. And I, in particular, served in any and every way that I could. Um, I would set up chairs, I would do greeting, collecting the offering, and this was like, that was the task that my brothers and I fought over the most. Um, we, we just thought collecting the offering was super cool. And especially we were serving at this one church that had, bear with me as I describe it, they had those like lacrosse looking sticks, <laughs> yeah? That had like the velvet basket at the end and we were like, if you ever have a choice in deciding what kind of baskets you're collecting, go with those. Um, so anyway, I also served as a Sunday school teacher. I led worship. I did sound. Um, back in the day, I would change the lyrics on the overhead projector, which was the scariest job ever. Um, I translated the services from, Engl from Spanish into English. And sometimes, on some Sundays, I would do all of those jobs at once. Um, so, when I walked into that church in 2004, I felt lost. <laughs> what do you mean? I just sit here and worship? Whoa. At first, it felt really great. But then it started to not feel like church. And Romans gave me a clue as to why. Romans 12, 4, 8. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ... We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully." So I was a server who wasn't serving. And it's all I had ever known. To me, attending church was never a thing. I did church. Church was a verb. It was a group of people who loved the Lord, coming together, devoting their time, talents, and energy to creating a space where they were, felt free to worship the Lord, where the Lord was free to move, and them leaning into their gifting was necessary. People were actively doing the things that they felt called to do or were good at. The teachers were teaching, the leaders were leading, encouragers were doing so in abundance. But this wasn't always so. There were many years where the workers were few and the labor could have felt insurmountable, where the driving for hours coupled with the prep, tasks within the service itself, and then the teardown could be a lot for a pastor, his wife, and their three young children all under the age of five. But they did so joyfully. And whenever things felt like there were too much, God would give someone eyes to see the need and help would arrive. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The common good. The gift of service, like the manifestation of the Spirit Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, is given for the common good. Men and women who were maybe new to the faith in our church, who weren't sure what gift the Lord had given them yet, or were just full of love and moved to compassion, began asking how they could help. 
where they could serve. And you would see these people who were offering up their help take ownership over their task. And in our church, this is how ministry started. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in everyone, it is the same God at work. So here, there were people who saw a need within the body. They felt moved to action. Then they were seeing that their singular action was causing change. They became passionate about their cause and wanted others to join in, and it grew, and ministries formed. It's more than setting up chairs, saying hello to someone as they enter the building, or putting together a beautiful cheese spread. You should check out what they do out there. It's art. Um, It's about God being in the different kind of work and us doing that work for the common good. In 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Okay. So I just want to make clear that I didn't just jump into ministry that first Sunday back in 2004. It actually took me a little bit to discover why church felt so different. At first, I loved this newfound freedom. What? Just show up, listen to the sermon, eat their bagels after church, and head home? Yes, that sounds great. And even though I was full of delicious cinnamon raisin carbs, don't tell me any bagel is better, I started feeling this emptiness inside. Because serving in church is not only about being obedient to God's calling. In not serving, I was also not engaging with those that the services were intended for. I was not building community. I wasn't connecting to people. There is something that happens when people do a project together. It's the reason that team-building activities are so often used to create forced bonds in workplaces. (laughs) Whether it's filling up boxes with canned goods, picking up trash in a park, or raking leaves, something happens when we do service projects. And it's something that people usually remember from their workplace experience, or at least more than what happens in a cubicle on a Tuesday. And it happens here, too. There are people at church who you might have seen for months on end and never really spoken to. You can probably place their face, but you're not sure you know their name. But help them on a Sunday, serve alongside them in Kidsmen, be a part of the AV team, and you'll get a chance to really get to know them. And I've personally been so blessed by my ministry time serving alongside people like Ava Wong. It's a nursery ministry where we not only grow in connection and share God's love with those children, but where I've built relationships with the other middle school and high school volunteers. And I've been able to minister to them, yeah, of course, but they've also blessed me with prophetic images, encouraging words, and their friendships. 
And one of my favorite parts about serving in this church is actually the ministry time before church on Sunday. So if you're serving in some capacity, there's different groups who meet before church um, and we pray together. And today, um, part of the team that I prayed with was included Rich, Sue, Gina, Bindu, and Jamie, who are all excellent leaders at our church. Um, but also I got to pray with Lydia and Asher and Ava, and, um, and I got to hear the prophetic words that the Lord was giving them. And, and um, yeah, just to be able to engage with the younger generation and see how God is moving in them, just like reignite something in me. So that also happens when you serve. And I think that the first thing that comes to mind when people think of service is how it benefits others, and it absolutely can and it does. But it also does so much to feed your own soul. You build relationships, you become part of the community, you feel like you belong and you matter and your absence is noted. And sometimes they text you and you're like, please calm down, I'll be there next Sunday. Um, But it does feel good, it feels great. And there's also nothing quite like walking fully in God's calling. Nothing like doing your part. We all make up part of the body, and it takes all of us doing our part to really see the body, the church, the kingdom thrive. Serving really is about the common good, and we need all the gifts working together for it. When we use our spiritual gifts to serve one another, what happens? God's people are built up in truth, and they mature in their faith. People get to know Jesus better. God's people become more like Jesus and people are kept from deception. The Apostle Paul, when writing to the churches in Rome and in Corinth and the other churches that he planted and he so deeply loved, was always calling them to serve one another in love, using their spiritual gifts. Church was never meant to be a spectator sport or just a place to pick up some great bagels. Paul also emphasized why we should serve one another. And this is important to understand. We serve God not to be made right before God, but because God already made a way to be made right before him. There is no amount of serving that can make us right before God. And this is what we celebrate, and this is what we remember when we take communion like we did today. In Romans 5, 6 to 8, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Jesus put it this way. Mark 10, 45. For even though the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So the gift of service is an active picture of the gospel. We serve one another because Jesus first served us. He served us by giving his life on a cross as a payment for our sins to make relationship with God possible. Jesus' service to us through his death and resurrection frees us from a life of striving to serve ourselves because Jesus served us in a way that meets humanity's deepest needs the need to be in a right relationship with God and with others. And we need to accept the gift of eternal life Jesus offers by faith. When we do this, he fulfills us 
He fills us with the Holy Spirit and enables us to do what we cannot do on our own. And something that really great happens is he puts us in a family like this one, where we can use our gifts and in turn discover more of who he created us to be. And that's what we've been doing through the sermon series, learning our gifts to figure out who the Lord has made us to be and what our place is in this world. And if today you're unsure about your relationship with God and want to accept the gift of eternal life that comes through Jesus and how he served and how he died, I would invite you to pray with one of our prayer team members after the service, and they'll be found over here. Okay, so what are some practical ways to serve? You can do it right here. This is a great place. Uh, We're always looking for volunteers, and it's a great way to connect with people, to grow in relationship, and to use the gift that God has given you. Um, And I personally have served in a bunch of the ministries uh, in different seasons here. Um, Everything from nursery, kidsmen, youthmen, worship, greeting, announcements, preaching. So I can tell you about a bunch of them if you want to hang out later. They're all great. They're all winners. Um, And the ones that I haven't been a part of are also super wonderful. Um, Not, and if you're Listen, oh, and there's, um, if you're not sure, like sometimes I can feel like a really big commitment. You're like, man, if I say yes to this, I'm saying yes to the rest of my life. That's not true. Um, but if you are just not ready to take that step, why not just stay after church and help for a couple of minutes? Um, you can help put away the sound equipment with the guidance of the wonderful sound team. You can clean up the snack table. You could pray for someone. Um, you can help make sure that the kids don't steal all the cookies on their first pass at the table. That is such a, that's such a noble job. Oh, and also, just an FYI, parents, um, there's a new room down at the end. It's called, is it called The Source? Yeah, so it's, um, it's one of those great things that people invented that, you know, care about freedom. But they have uh, all these snacks that are open, and you just pay like pay and go, but there, um, there's not like a fence or anything keeping, <laughs> keeping the kids from stealing it. So after church, if you want to just walk over and be like, please don't steal, that'd be great. Um, that's not about service. That's just a helpful message. Uh, you could also, practical ways to help, you could check out the announcements or the Faith Street app. You'll find opportunities to serve there, like the Prayer and Love Outreach in Town. Um, and Another thing you can do is you can just ask God to give you eyes to see needs like he does and how you can help. Um, I would say that one of my greatest inspirations and I think people who who are just so gifted in service has been Du Wong. Um, And I asked her, I was like, hey, can you just give me like a quick story about um, like how God showed you someone and how service grew out of that? And she was like, oh, Uh, because I know that her Rolodex is real long. Um, but one of, just one of the quick examples is on the way to and from school, they would see um, a, a maintenance worker for their school district cutting grass. Um, and he had this really cool machine that uh, had like these wings that would go up when he was on the road and they would go down and then the wings would cut the grass and they would call it tra- like a transformer, right? And that speaks to my heart, uh, my son's heart. Um, but uh, 
Bindu was like, we see him every day. So one day she just rolled down the window like Bindu does. And she was just like, hey, I just want you to know that we see you. We appreciate all you do to like keep our school district beautiful and great. And then, um, and then the next day she was like, hey, I just want to say that I see you again. And like, uh, you're so wonderful. And he was like, what? Like you stopping and, and just sharing your gratitude with me just was so impactful. And it really did something to me. And she just planted this little seed, right? And then the next, the beginning of the next uh, year, she went to the PTO meeting. They were like, how can we thank our teachers? And she's like, yes. And also, how can we thank our maintenance team? And um, so they came up with this initiative to not only collect goods to distribute to this maintenance team who's working all different shifts, and, um, and all hours, and it's really hard to distribute to all of them because they're all over the district. And, um, but I think the most important part of that is that they wrote an email sharing their gratitude and saying that we see you and we know you and we love you and we appreciate what you're doing. Um, and that has been transformative for the maintenance team. So, um, and I think one of the coolest things that Bindu said was uh, they turned their drive to and from school into a holy moment. So we can do that too. On the white tables near you where you're seated, um, you have a ministry interest survey. So if you're currently not serving regularly and would like to, fill out that survey, put it in the box uh, for the offerings in the back, um, in that little plastic box, and uh, a ministry leader will contact you and start a conversation. Um, and it's just a conversation. You're not signing your life away, but uh, you'll get to learn more about the ministry. You'll be able to talk to the leader and see how you can serve and if it's right for you. And finally, if you would like to serve, um, but you want to learn more about how you are gifted, Rich has taught a class called Shape. Um, and the Shape class dives into spiritual gifts, your hearts, your ability, personality, and experiences in a really more in-depth way. Um, and it's a really great class. I loved it. Um, I also love, like, any test that tells me about myself. Because um, I'm a three. Okay, so if you would be interested in a Shape class, thank you so much. I need that. Um, I'm like Tinkerbell. If I don't get claps, I die. Okay. So, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so if you're interested in a shape class, um, please make a note of it on your Connect card or the ministry interest survey, um, and Rich will happily be able to put one of those together. So as I was pre preparing for the sermon, um, I called my dad to make sure that my memories about serving in church were correct, were accurate, since some of them began at like two and three years old. Um, and my dad, uh, he became overwhelmed. He thanked me for reminding him of our early beginnings, I might cry, of how he served, we served alongside each other and other believers, um, and we did it with, again, those joyful hearts. And I think all of us who preach would hope that our sermons would be long remembered <laughs> after they were delivered. Um, and boy, my dad has preached a lot of sermons but it was the acts of working alongside other believers, the dedication of the body of Christ, and following Christ's example, the ultimate servant leader, that made my dad weep 30 years later. And that's the common good. Let's pray.